Merry Christmas. That's great. Hey, my name is Ross. So glad that you're here. Uh, so glad that you're here to celebrate with us. Who is on their way home tonight and you have one of those impatient families like mine and you're going to open at least one gift tonight? Yeah, right, that's us, the impatient ones. Way to go. So the rest of you, I applaud. I applaud your patience. That's excellent. Hey, uh, what, what, what do you think is the most desired, the most popular Christmas gift this year? Money is always a good choice, isn't it, Les? A cell phone. I, I would think that's right, right up at the top. What, what else? Other guesses as to uh, the most desired Christmas gift, uh, perhaps among kids? Yes. Hatchimals. Did I say that right? Have, this is what I've, I've heard is, is the hit gift this year. It's Hatchables. Who has that on your Christmas list here tonight? A few? Okay, not the most popular uh, Christmas gift, at least at Centennial Church. What, what else? The most desired gift this year? Pokemon. I, I know Pokemon. Pokemon is in the top five, some new kind of Pokemon. Hey, uh, all throughout history, all throughout my life, all throughout your parents' lives, there have been these gift crazes. The, the gift that is the most popular that every kid wants. And uh, I have some old-fashioned ones here tonight, actually. How many of you remember this gift? Who knows what this is? This is a slinky. Yeah, I... Uh, this, believe it or not, in the, in the 1940s, kids, this, this doesn't have any batteries to it. Uh, you can't watch anything on this. Uh, but believe it or not, in the 1940s, way back in the olden days, uh, this was the most desired uh, gift. You see that? I actually, I, I introduced this uh, to my kids last night on Friday night, and it gave just minutes and minutes of entertainment. <laughs> It, they were just enraptured with the slinky. How many of you, perhaps those of you that have been around the block, around Christmas a few times, can remember some of the other classic Christmas gifts? Just, just blurt it out, maybe over here. Furby. Any of you remember Furby? Uh, I certainly didn't want Furby. A lot of people did. What others, classic Christmas gifts. Play-Doh is one of them. I heard somewhere over here, Cabbage Patch Kids. Who remembers Patch... Cabbage Patch Kids. There they are right there. I was a kid, and I remember that Christmas that my, my older brother, myself, and my younger sister, we all got Cabbage Patch Kids for Christmas. It was the going thing. You got even a birth certificate with your, pa your Cabbage Patch Kid. Uh, he or she had a name that they were given. And this is the first time in my growing up life, this is the first memory I have of hearing about parents getting in fights. Uh, at stores over Cabbage Patch Kids, yeah, Slugfest at Christmas time over these kind of things. What else? Some of the classic Atari. Thank you. I, I hear that one of the new uh, that the old-fashioned Nintendo is being sold again this year. Or some of, some of you shopping for the for the old classic Nintendo. It's great stuff. How about this one? Who remembers the Red Rider BB gun? The Red Rider BB gun. There he is, Ralphie. Many of you have seen, 
seen him in the movies. Believe it or not, there was a time, again, way back in the days where uh, kids wanted a sock monkey for Christmas. Have you ever seen a sock monkey? Man, what an awesome toy. Wouldn't that make your day tomorrow, kids, if you got a sock monkey? Uh, Believe it or not, the uh, debut of Barbie happened in the 1950s, and women have been recovering from that ever since. Um, Mr. Potato Head, do, do some of you know that Mr. Potato Head, when, when Mr. Potato Head first came on the scene, uh, there he's not working or whatever. I'm going to switch mics because Satan is in the other one. Uh, get behind me, Satan. Uh, the Mr. Potato Head, believe it or not, the first time you could buy a Mr. Potato Head uh, and I did a lot of research on this this week, I want you to know, okay? The first Mr. Potato Head, actually, you just had the parts, the glasses and, and the arms and things, and you put it on a real potato. It wasn't until, uh, you know, a few years later that they, they actually sold you the head uh, for Mr. Potato Head. How many of you remember Etch-A-Sketch? Yeah, that's a great one, classic one. Easy Bake Oven. G.I. Joe. What about this one? The great one, uh, either late 70s or early 80s, the Rubik's Cube. Who remembers sitting for hours on end trying to fix the Rubik's Cube? And then finally, you just get so frustrated, you take the stickers off and you put them back all together on the right side. You remember that? Uh, I don't know what uh, the I don't know what is on your Christmas wish list this year. I don't know what you're asking for. I know that uh, on my, I know I've had my eye on a couple things. One of the things I've had my eye on is a uh, a speaker for my for my office, a, a Bluetooth speaker, a Bose speaker. I have a small one in my office, but but I I really want some sound that's crisp and clear. And so this little Bluetooth Bose speaker I've had my eyes on. I've also had my eyes on a nice shiny black. Ruger, nine millimeter, about 10 rounds. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to get that, but that's been on my Christmas wish. I don't know what's on your Christmas wish list, but uh, a long time ago in the Bible, the Bible tells us in the Old Testament that there was this guy named Solomon. And God appeared to Solomon in a dream and he asked Solomon, he said, I'll give you whatever you want. I'll give you that one wish. I'll, I'll give you that one gift. What is it that you would want? And can you believe what Solomon asked for? Solomon asked God for what? Who knows? Wisdom. He said, I, I don't want riches. I don't want fame. Uh, I don't want uh, another home. What I want, and he was a king. He said, what I really need, what I really want, God, is wisdom. And Solomon is known throughout history as one of the wisest men that's ever walked the earth. In fact, we, we, we know that Solomon wrote uh, lots of songs. He's also responsible for most of the Proverbs, the wise sayings that we have in the Bible. Solomon was one of the wisest men that's ever been known. He asked for wisdom, and God gave it to him. And later, Solomon would go on to write in the book of Proverbs, Solomon would write this. He would write Proverbs 8, 11, and he'd say, for wisdom is better than rubies, 
and all the things that may be desired are not to be compared unto her. For wisdom is better than rubies, and all the things that may be desired are not to be compared unto her. How many of you have wisdom on your Christmas wish list this year? Probably not many of us, but the Bible says, of all the things that you could desire, of all the things that you could seek, you should seek out wisdom. That it's better, get this less, even than money. For wisdom is better than rubies. For wisdom is better than money. And all the things that may be desired are not to be compared unto her. You know, we, we live in a time, in an age, where we can have information at a second. All we have to do is pull out that phone out of our back pockets, right? And we can have information right at our fingertips instantaneously. And someone has said, we are a culture full of information, busting with information, but starving for wisdom. Probably every adult in this room right here and many of our kids have a smartphone with us. But you know what we don't have? A wise phone. None of us are walking around with a wise phone, but, but more than information, more than smarts, we need wisdom. And here's why you need wisdom, kids, because sometime you're, you're going to have a decision that's going to be hard. You're going to want to know who to marry. You're going to want to know, should I, should I focus on this sport or should I focus on another? Should I buy this car? Or should I buy this house? And, and how do I deal with this relational turmoil or, or this breakup that I have? And you're going you're gonna to need not information, but wisdom. And so Solomon and the Bible tell us to seek wisdom. Where's wisdom found? Well, thousands of years after, about a thousand years after Solomon, another man came on the scene of this earth, and his name was Jesus. And Jesus was also known as a wise man. He was a teacher. He was a rabbi, but he had, he had come from a time in Greco-Roman period where philosophers taught wisdom and, and rabbis would give teaching and, and people were interested in learning wisdom. And this is what the rabbi, this is what the philosopher Jesus said. He said, this is Luke eleven thirty one. He started telling the crowds as they were gathering to him. And in chapter 11 of, of Luke, it says the crowds around Jesus were increasing. And Jesus said to them, uh, the queen of the south will rise up at judgment with the men of this generation and condemn them. For she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And behold, something greater than Solomon is here. Jesus knew about Solomon, and he knew about all of his wisdom, and he says, but at the end of time, this queen of the south, this queen of Ethiopia that had come and sought Solomon's wisdom, uh, Solomon was, was respected. He was revered as a wise person, but Jesus said this, something greater than Solomon is here. Someone wiser than Solomon is here. And who was it? It was himself. Jesus was putting himself above the wisest man that the Jews at that time had ever known. He was saying something greater, someone greater than Solomon is here. We've had uh, several babies born in the, over the last 30 days here in our church family at Centennial. Uh, our worship team, our Andrew and Kristen Bradshaw, 
uh, have had a, a little baby girl on December the 9th. My own family, we had a child back in August. We have another family, the Hatchers, who had a, uh, Kevin and Kaylee had a baby this week, actually. They're not here. Congratulations to the Hatchers. There's been a lot of babies born. And uh, for babies that are born, it's not uncommon for uh, gifts to be brought to the family. It's, it's not uncommon. It was such a gift to my family that meals were brought to my family, to me, as we had this new child. Gifts were brought. Meals were brought. Many pictures were taken. But do you know what hasn't happened to any of those babies that I just named previously? None of them, if we have any sanity in our heads, none of them have been worshipped. We've been taking meals, taking pictures, giving them gifts, but none of those babies had been worshipped. And Jesus, when he came to this earth, he not only was a wise person, someone wiser than even Solomon, but he was someone that was continually worshipped by the people that saw him. The Bible tells us that when Jesus was in the manger, wise men from the east, the Magi, came and, and they sought out Jesus. And not just for his wisdom, but they worshipped him. As Jesus was born, the angels praised and worshipped Jesus. The shepherds glorified God and, and worshipped baby Jesus. Jesus is not just the wise one. Jesus is the one that we should worship. And why should we worship him? Because here's the deal. Every one of us, hang with me guys and little ones. Every one of us need wisdom, but every one of us have done foolish things. Really dumb things, really dumb decisions. We're supposed to be wise, we're supposed to speak, we're supposed to seek after wisdom, but we've all done foolish things. And the Bible says even that we've exchanged the wisdom of God for foolishness. We've sought after foolish things, we've loved foolish things, we've done foolish things. And the Bible says that because we've done those foolish things, there's this gap, there's this chasm between us and God. But Jesus came to bridge that chasm. He's not only just a wise teacher, he's not only just a rabbi or some prophet or some philosopher, but he's also the Savior. When we look at Jesus in the manger, what we see is that God has come to us. God has come to us. We couldn't get to God, so God has come to us. Christmas tells us that it was impossible for us to get to God, so Jesus came to us. The Apostle Paul says in Colossians chapter 2, he says, Christ, Jesus Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. In Jesus are all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge that we need. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, Paul also says this, Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Let me read that again. 1 Corinthians 1, 30 and 31. Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, but get this, not only wisdom from God, but righteousness and sanctification and redemption. 
Every other religious teacher says, I have some wisdom for you. I have a path for you to follow. But Jesus, unlike any other rabbi or teacher or philosopher, says, I don't have wisdom for you. I am wisdom. I don't have truth for you. I am truth. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And though you've been instructed in wisdom, all of us in foolishness have turned away from God. And the good news, folks, is is that Jesus is not just our wisdom, that Jesus is also our redemption and our righteousness. Because here's what happened. Jesus, the only one that was altogether wise, the only one who never made a foolish mistake, walked this earth in complete wisdom, ended his life on a cross, like Miss Rebecca talked about earlier. And he did that because there was this gap between God and between us because of our foolishness, because of our choices. Jesus bridged that gap. He's wisdom. He's righteousness. He's our redemption. He's made up for foolishness. So the good news here is that though all of us have been foolish, God has paid for our foolishness in Jesus on the cross so that the gap could be bridged by Jesus' blood. So we look at the manger, when we look at the cross, we're seeing a couple things. We're seeing that we could never get to God, but we're seeing that God so loved us that he came to us. Not just to give us wisdom, although we desperately need it, but to bridge the gap between our foolishness and God's perfect holiness and wisdom. Here's what, here's what this means practically. Here's what this means practically. If Jesus in the manger is really God is really God incarnate, God become flesh, then you can't just like Jesus. If he's really God in human flesh, you can't just like him. You owe everything to him. You can't be halfway in. If Jesus is really God in the flesh, then he stands unique among all other people, among all other religious teachers. You can't just say, I like Jesus. You have to fall down like the shepherds and the wise men and the angels and actually worship him if he's God in the flesh. Otherwise, you should just run away from him and call him a complete joke. But you can't be halfway in. He's either God in the flesh or he's a fool or a crazy man. But Jesus has come to be our wisdom, to be our redemption, and to give us forgiveness. He does that by offering himself on the cross, paying the death that we deserve. If Jesus is really God, if the manger is really holding God in the flesh, you can't just like him. You have to worship him. You have to say, God, everything I am, all I owe to you. Secondly, what this means 
for us tonight is that I would, I want you, I beg you, I plead with you tonight to receive the very best and the most important gift you could ever receive. To receive the, the very best and the most important gift you could, ever, you could ever receive. And that's the gift of Jesus. Have you done that? Or have you just celebrated Christmas? Jesus says, I love you. I've come for you. And I've bridged the gap between your foolishness and my holiness. And if you will simply believe in me, you can have eternal life and the hope of a perfect kingdom to come. Would you bow your heads with me? And I want to encourage you, just right where you're sitting tonight, if you have never celebrated Jesus, not just uh, as a baby, but if you have not celebrated, if you have not uh, invited Jesus to be your King of kings and Lord of lords, I want you to just pray silent with, silently with me tonight as I pray out loud. You might want to pray something like this. Jesus, thank you for coming to me because I couldn't reach you. Jesus, thank you for being wisdom, but for being beyond wisdom, for being my forgiveness and my salvation. Jesus, I accept you as the Savior and Lord of my life. Please, Jesus, give me your eternal life. With every head bowed and eyes closed, I just want to encourage you, if you received Jesus tonight, if you prayed that prayer to ask Jesus to be your Savior, not just uh, to be an annual holiday, but to be your Savior, to give you His salvation, I want to ask you just to raise your hand wherever you're seated tonight. Raise them high so I can see them, please. Thank you. Keep them up so I can see. I want to encourage you to do this too. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Perhaps I didn't see your hand. Uh, perhaps you don't know me. I want to make a second challenge to you, and that is whoever you came with or you know someone that attends this church or you don't know me, what... If at the very least, just find my email address on our website and send us a quick email. Let us know, hey, I decided to follow Jesus on Christmas Eve. Okay? Just take that step of courage and let us know that you've believed in Jesus. Our wisdom, our righteousness, our salvation. I want to ask all of you now to stand with me as we sing some more and uh, pray with me. Father God, we thank you that uh, tonight you've reminded us of the greatest gift ever. A gift that doesn't uh, go out of style, a gift that doesn't rust, a gift that doesn't seem ridiculous 30 years from now. But Jesus, a gift that gets us a relationship with the 
God of creation. God, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that while we could not get to God, you have come to us in Jesus and saved us from our foolishness. Help us to walk in obedience to you. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.